Welcome to Ascended Masters at Work Radio with your host, Shirlene Reeves, the world's business success coach and author of Selling Through Your Heart, empowering you to build relationships for financial freedom. Live on BBS Radio, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time, where we focus on taking the right step-by-step actions towards generating a consistent business income. Listen in as Shirlene empowers small business owners with one-on-one coaching and her million-dollar business blueprint. On Ascended Masters at Work Radio, you'll discover the secrets to building an effective, income-generating business. Find the answers for selling your programs and products without rejection. Get the solutions for building a strong financial foundation. And learn from one-on-one coaching with Shirlene Reeves and her guests how to develop integrated programs so compelling that your clients can't resist saying yes. If you wish to be coached now, get in the queue by dialing 888-627-6008. Each business owner is selected on a first-come, first-served basis. Now, let's welcome your host, business success coach and certified financial educator, Shirlene Reeves. And hi, everyone. Welcome to the show this evening. I'm so excited that you're here with me because I get to talk to a guest today about a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. Of course, it's sales. And most of you know, I just published my new book, Selling Through Your Heart, empowering you to build relationships for financial freedom. So I really, really enjoy the opportunity to speak about this. So tonight, we are going to address a number of things. And with this gentleman that I'm going to have on the show, we're going to talk about emotional impact. We're going to talk about how to deal with that rejection. I think that's one of the hardest things that everyone has to deal with, unless they know how to sell in a way that doesn't reject you. And we're also going to talk about objections. I know you've heard that word many, many times before. And because for many years I was a realtor and I actually still have my license, I really abhor how they teach real estate. And I'm going to talk to this gentleman about it today, or tonight I should say. You know, when we are taught just to use pat phrases and answers then we cannot communicate with our clients. Would you agree? There's no way that we can because we just use the same old phrases. And that's why I say that about real estate because, you know, I I was walking down the street the other day. I was at my girlfriend's house and there was a realtor coming out and he was putting his open house sign away. And I said, gee, how much are you selling this for? And instead of him answering me, he said, well, are you in the market to buy or sell? I know they teach them to ask questions with a question, or should I say answer questions with a question? And that just pushes people away. It's really, really uncomfortable to even try to answer that because I wasn't in that space. I was just asking what the price of that house was. I was just curious. I didn't need to buy a house. All it was was curiosity. And many of us are just curious. And we'd love to just have them say, gee, you know, I I just had it open today. It's such and so amount of money. Would you like to see it? Because then we could have built some sort of rapport rather than just having a pat comeback. And I interviewed a real estate agent at one time for my TV show. And I just, it was so uncomfortable because I just couldn't get beyond all the pat answers that they're trained to do. And finally I said to him, do you know that you answer my questions with a question almost every time I ask you one? And he said, no, I didn't realize it. And I said, did you know that you answer in the same way as every other realtor I ever speak with. And he said, why do you say that? And I said, probably because you all go to the same coaches and the same trainers, and they don't really coach you how to be with people or work with people. They teach you and coach you on how to ask questions when someone else asks a question. 
And as I've said in my book, we need to build relationship. And just asking a question in response doesn't build any kind of relationship. It just throws it back at you. You know, you've heard of the hot potato syndrome, have you? Where they throw it in my lap and I throw it in their lap and they throw it back. It's like a game. But we really never get to know each other. We never build confidence because we aren't connecting with the individual that we're speaking to. And that's why I developed the three-step sales waltz was so that we could learn how to connect and care for others. And this gentleman today says the same thing I do. We really need to listen to people and not just give them pat answers or answers we aren't even thinking of. We're so conditioned to say it. And I bet many of those realtors out there don't even know that they're like that until you call them on the carpet. So let me tell you a little bit about this gentleman. He is the author of It's Time to Sell. That's why I got him on here. And the other part of that is cultivating the sales mindset. And that is so important because it builds confidence. And I was reading his book and it's amazing how much we think alike in how we develop our sales conversations. But after consistently choosing the sales profession as a means to create a better life for his family, this gentleman realized that negative images of sales were holding him back. And I wonder if you have a negative image of sales. Think about that. What are your negative images? Is it that you might feel pushy? Hmm. Or maybe you don't like to ask for the money because you think money is dirty or that, you know, if we have a lot of money, then we're going to use it destructively. What, what is it that you think? Or how about that word I already used before, which was rejection, afraid to be rejected? Well, by shifting his mindset, he was able to transform his inner game and use his innate values and talents to become a top sales professional. And he actually joined a boutique IT consulting firm in 2006 and spearheaded its growth to the point it was acquired by KPMG Canada in 2013, where he now serves as the vice president of business development for Atlantic Canada. And he has sold over 300 million in consulting services. And that's why I think Chris Burvey is a great guest for today's show. Welcome, Chris. I'm glad you're with me. Uh, I, I'm really glad to be here. I, uh, my wife is in the other room, and I, I, I wish you could hear what she was, what you're saying, because at least you'd know who she's married to then. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I appreciate that warm introduction. One thing I will note, uh, I, and this is my fault, uh, when I shared with you uh, on, on a document, uh, I actually resigned my role from KPMG mid last year. So I, I need to update that. Oh. Apologies. For oh, no problem at all. At least they know where you've been. <laughs> yeah, you've got it. You this is awesome. I'm, I'm very grateful for you inviting me on the show, and, and I think you're dead on. We, we have so much in common, so this should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And what I want us to do is start off with the emotional side of things and how you work with your clients to build confidence. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting uh, uh, opening question, actually, because a lot of the times when I'm working with my clients, so my clients are typically uh, entrepreneurs, uh, service professionals, given my background in consulting, uh, a lot of independent consultants kind of gravitate towards me. And, uh, you know, they have an innate fear of selling themselves and selling their offer. And uh, a lot of them respond with, well, I'll get out there and start selling myself when I have the confidence. And 
what I actually say to people is that confidence, when you really think about it, confidence, confidence is actually a byproduct of, of just doing it, you know, and, uh, uh, and then they agree to that. And then they'll say, well, I'll, I'll get out there and do it when I have the capability. And again, that's also a byproduct of just doing it. So really it comes down to uh, initially just having the courage and the ultimately the commitment to just get out there and start trying, you know, and the more you start uh, trying, the more you learn from the experiences and you take, you take the good and you expand on the good, you take the bad and you forget about that, right? So from my vantage point, confidence is typically a result of doing it. Um, and it's also a result of just having some good guidance, right? And, and uh, you know, I'm a believer that we think in pictures. And uh, one of the things that I believe we all need to have as individuals who are trying to promote ourselves, trying to get new customers, is we need an image of sales that's far more positive uh, than the majority of us have. You know, so confidence, in my opinion, is just doing it and it's having a better image of sales because I think we'll all go out there and have a lot more fun if we do that. Well, you know, I was reading uh, one of your emails. I'm, I'm really enjoying them. Um, and if you haven't gotten on Chris's list, by all means, be sure you do that because he sends out these great emails. And you were talking about a gentleman that you were working with at, that was really, really tough. He always wanted the bottom line, right? And yeah. you had to come in very well prepared, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So as I was reading that, I thought, well, this is really awesome because I can tell it, I talk about the disc um, profiles in mm. my book. And I knew right away that that was a high D because they're they're very quick on making their decisions. And it takes a long time to get to know them because mm. they don't give up much. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I recall, uh, and this may be in relation to the email because I've written I've written about 150 articles over the last number of years about my experiences in sales, and I think the one you're referring to was a uh, was one of my earliest uh, clients uh, when I I was set up. Uh, you know, I joined this IT consulting company, and we were around 11 11 or 12 employees at the time. I was the first person they ever hired uh, to lead sales, and uh, my first client exposure was a, a retired police officer who was in this lead uh, IT role for a, a local public sector organization. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was set up in such a way that to, to be frightened to death of this individual. And sure, lo and behold, or sure enough, when I went in, he kind of brushed me off very quickly and told me to leave the, leave the brochures on the, on the desk, you know. And uh, mm -hmm. anyway... I, you know, after that experience, I went back to my 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 office and I kind of reflected on on the experience. And uh, you know, I just started to create a better vision for my life and and for sales. And when I did that, I started to notice my self motivation, my energy, my enthusiasm, my persistence, all the necessary ingredients to be successful in sales and business for that matter. I started to notice that it was coming; uh, the energy was there. And so I went to work and I just started to mm. hammer away, not, not hammer away at that client, but hammer away at it in a very different energy. And uh, my energy started resonating with individuals like that person. And in that particular case, I was uh, I was out for a beer with that individual on a Friday within two or three weeks. And he became one of my biggest and best uh, customers. Mm. And that's the thing about uh, that high D personality is that. Once you are taking care of them, they'll let everybody know, you know, that yeah. in very matter of fact terms, down to yeah. bottom line terms, right? And, uh, yeah. you know, they're, I thought it was interesting yeah. that it took 18 months to get that contract, but mm. that's sometimes what it does take. And we have to have the patience, like you said, and the persistence and consistency to keep moving forward with it. Yeah, absolutely. And that is fueled. I believe the only way to fuel that type of thing is to have a 
Uh, I say a vision. My my book is very much vision oriented. That uh, and so we need to have visions for our lives that are compelling, that are juicy, that invigorate us. That when we read this vision, we we a smile comes on our face, and we can you know our energy changes, and you know get we put everything into what we're doing, and people read people feel that you know, and uh, that's what we need to ultimately create for ourselves, and that's how we'll go about doing our work in a very powerful way. And don't you think that passion has a big part of it also? You really have to be passionate about what you do or the, I love to say this. Okay. I'm going to say you have to be really passionate about what you do or the fear shines through, right? Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. And, um, I, I think passion, uh, you know, really it's, it's, it's having something outside of yourself to be living for and to be fighting for. And, you know, sales, depending on what the what job you're in or role you in, you may not be really passionate about the uh, your offer, you know, and that's fine. But find something, you know, because it, it, it's hard to get passionate. I'm here sitting at my desk and I'm looking at a soda stream bottle. How can I be passionate about selling a soda stream bottle? However, <laughs> I... I can be passionate about the result and what it's going to do for my family if I become very effective at selling myself and, and, and uh, you know, they'll reap the rewards. And so you, you, when you introduced me, uh, you know, I go back to when I joined sales I di- or when I decided to go into sales about 15 years ago. Uh, I, I did it because my wife and I, we were struggling. Our children were uh, very young and there was actually a point in time when we, and this, I don't, I don't like these types of stories because they almost down like everybody's story that's being told you know we were struggling to put diapers on our children and and I went into sales as a means to have a better life lifestyle for my family so I was passionate about that you know I needed mm-hmm. to make that happen so I agree mm-hmm. with you 100% passion is is very important yeah and I want to say something about that is because I can't sell anything I'm not passionate about I mm-hmm. have to be really uh, into whatever it is I'm selling. I mean, I can sell air if I need to, and you probably can too. But the thing is, I've got to be passionate about it. If I don't believe in it, and I'm not sure, uh, some clients come to me, and probably for you too, Chris, where they aren't even sure about what it is they're selling. So how could they possibly be passionate about it? Mm. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, when I reflect on that, I go back to when I really ju- jumped into sales. Uh, you know, I joined, like I've already said, I joined an IT uh, consulting company. Now, was I passionate about uh, the, the uh, you know, information technology? I would say to some extent, but was it, was it enough to really drive me? I, I don't know. Like, I mean, and I think what happens is, we, as we begin to see some degree of success, what we ultimately do is we end up growing outside. We end up growing outside of, uh, you know, the particular thing that we're selling or whatever. And what that does is it attracts new opportunities to us. And, and, uh, you know, then we hook into something that we ultimately become really passionate about. And then, you know, maybe after five or six years, we lose a little bit of that uh, passion for that particular thing. But if we're, but, but, Something else will come uh, come along that we can really become passionate about. So, you know, for me, when we sold our company uh, back in 2013, and I joined KPMG as a as a vice president of business development, uh, you know, I I don't know if I was I well no I'll say I don't think I was passionate about it. I was I wasn't passionate about it because I decided to do something different. I wrote a book. I I started a podcast. I started to talk to people about sales. And so the the job at KPMG almost. Became became a means to an end and I so I guess what I'm saying is that uh, we we can't as we as we tap into our inner passion for life and and growing and and that type of stuff we begin to pivot around certain things and and attracting new things to us right so that's my thought on on that subject excellent okay I really appreciate your thought um, and, and when we do go into these big companies we may not be able to be passionate about it because right. it's their company. It's not your passion. It's their exactly. passion. But like I said, I have a hard time if I don't believe in what I'm doing. I, I yeah. just have a terrible time. <laughs> so you must have at least believed in what they were providing, right? 
Yeah, yeah, no, most definitely, and I and I think I uh, I think I, uh, you know the company itself provides phenomenal consulting advisory services, and so the clients who I love working with, uh, you know, they they were benefiting from the advice of these individuals and and these teams. So absolutely, I would never be able to sell uh, uh, for any uh, for any long term uh, assignment something I didn't believe uh, would would result in results for my clients absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely yeah. now i want to know chris what do you focus on for attracting ideal clients well uh great question um so for me attracting ideal clients uh i would say that i I put myself out there uh, in a way that I feel really good about, and I share all sides of me uh, with the good sides and the bad sides. And the, uh, you know, uh, I always say you got to take the fleas with the dogs. So when I'm putting myself out there, uh, right, you know, in my podcasts, in my writing, I'm, I don't shy away from sharing myself falling down and picking myself back up. And mm -hmm. what I find by doing that by being real, uh, I guess, and I guess there's a buzzword out there, authentic, uh, then uh, I naturally attract these ideal prospects uh, into my business, right? So mm -hmm. that's what I find for me. It's, uh, the, the, the critical element is being real and being who I am, and I end up attracting those types of people. I don't know if that, I hope that answers your question in some way. It did, because yeah. I, if you remember at the top of the show, I was talking about these scripts that people use. How do you feel about scripts? Because I don't like them at all. I don't. Uh, yeah, it's funny because sometimes uh, uh, I, I almost need to remind myself back when before I joined this IT consulting company about five years prior to that, uh, I had a friend uh, who uh, introduced me to a company that was uh, that distributed their services through network marketing or multi-level marketing. That actually was my first ever exposure to sales. I joined that company. And and I did, I did relatively well with it. Uh, however, I started to hate it when I decided to start buying all the, the, the sales guru stuff. And uh, mm -hmm. deep within these sales guru books, and, and, uh, uh, and I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be sounding like I don't like sales gurus because here I am today trying to be one or am one, I guess. <laughs> uh, yes. Point is, is that I didn't. I never felt comfortable. I never felt real when I was sitting there reading from a script. And uh, so, what I typically will do is, I'll take the elements of a script or of a of a thought, and uh, you know, an approach, and I'll just I'll make sure I apply my personality to it, and uh, you know, and just and just follow my own heart in the process, right? And it's really that's really worked for me for sure. So I just want to make sure I understand what you said. So you will take a script and then uh, merge your own personality into that script. Is that yeah. right? No, I, well, no, I, I don't think I'm, I'll never be scripted. I'll never, uh, you know, I, I basically follow my intuition. And, and I think mm -hmm. the number one, uh, the number one factor that we sh we as sales professionals or entrepreneurs need to be honing in on and improving is our intuition, which is really our ability to read other people's energies. So, mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, so no, I don't, I don't take any script at all. I guess all I'm trying to say is that when I read a book, like I'm looking at my bookshelf right now and I'm looking at endless referrals by Bob Berg, uh, uh, an oldie in the sales, and I'm sure that's full of scripts, but I'll take the concepts of how to, how to attract referrals and I, and that is in that book and I'll just, I'll take it and I'll apply my own personality to it. If that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. It, yeah. it makes absolute perfect sense. And, and some people feel, you know, like the high D people love those scripts. Did you know that? The people that are, they're really pretty domineering. They're, uh, they don't take time to get to know anybody. They're just kind of plow through and usually they're executives. And I yeah. just can't even imagine them having a script to no. have to follow. Yeah. Because you have to know your business. You have yeah. to feel your business. That's what I'm talking about with that passion. 
Yes, exactly, exactly, and and you know uh, I agree. Like like I do I do some work with uh, people who are trained engineers, and they're they love scripts, they love processes, and uh, uh, you know so I try my hardest over a period of time to get them to tap into uh, ultimately what their natural gifts and strengths are beyond the processes and beyond the scripts and those types of things. And, and we start to see some success when you can take the, 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 you know, the positive aspects of their personalities and, and really hone in on that. And, and over time they start to realize, Hey, I just, I just want to go out there and, and have some fun with this. And, and, uh, you know, the more fun they have, the more they attract good people to them and, and, uh, and it starts to work. Right. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how it works. And I'm going to take this break right now, if you don't mind, Chris. And we are going to come back and talk about social selling uh, when we get back. And we'll be gone for just a minute. So hang in there and we'll be right back with you. Attention professional authors, coaches, and small business owners. What if you could increase your sales authentically without scripts or the pain of rejection? If you are a realtor, you can make more sales without the fear of being salesy. If you are an entrepreneur, you can eliminate the fear of feeling pushy, get more referrals, and add more money to your bank account with less effort. Welcome to Compel Don't Sell, the art of selling with heart. The next generation in relationship sales brought to you by Maximize Your Wealth Now. The reason that I took this course is because I needed to know how to market and sell in a way that doesn't make me feel bad. Compel Don't Sell totally comes from the heart and connects with people in a way that fits my style and how I would like to approach people. And it gave me the benefit of refining what I think and say about my business in a way that's professional, but still very warm and nurturing. I invested in Sherlene's uh, Compel to Sell sales training program. And I just knew immediately that she was the person that I wanted to work with. The reason I took this course is because I felt like there were a lot of new things that Charlene had to offer that I had not experienced before. That's why I took the class because I wanted to sort of up-level my sales skills. And thank you, Charlene, for this amazing class. If you want to learn how to perfect your sales performance, build your bank account, and connect with more of your favorite clients, enter your contact information, and we'll show you how to use heartfelt sales to connect with more of the right prospects and significantly increase your income. Go to MaximizeYourWealthNow.com. And welcome back, everyone. This is Shirlene Reeve, your host on Ascended Masters at Work. And I have the honor of speaking with Chris Spurvey today. And we've been talking all about sales. And, you know, I feel like I'm sitting with him in my living room because he and I are so on the same page with this. So, Chris, I want to ask you, you know, I just launched a new book. And I know you've sold just a ton of books. And I'm wondering how you did it. Through, I know you did it through social selling, but how did that work? Tell me about that. Yeah, that's an excellent question. And uh, as a matter of fact, there was an article written uh, on the Forbes website about my experience. I think I hit 10,000 copies very quickly and Forbes wrote an article. And, and so I welcome anybody to check that out. Just search my name on Forbes and they'll find it. Um, you know, I guess when I think back to when I was uh, writing my book, I hired a coach to help me write it, and uh, uh, we got almost to the end of the process, and I came to the realization that, my God, after mom and dad and a few aunts and uncles and friends, who uh, I had no one else to buy the book, you know? Mm-hmm. So 
I decided to jump on uh, LinkedIn. And I, at the time, I read a book. Uh, Dory Clark uh, wrote a book called Stand Out. And another book, uh, Michael Hyatt, uh, wrote a book called Pla uh, Platform, How to Get Noticed, I think it is. Anyway, to make a long story short, I decided to dive in on LinkedIn as my platform of choice uh, because I saw it as a predominantly professional ne uh, network. And I uh, so I jumped on the publishing platform. I started writing uh, articles. And I, I just took my book experience of, uh, and I took extracts of my book and just would, would riff on certain aspects of my book. And I'd publish them as articles on LinkedIn. And this is going back to 2014. Uh, I also, uh, very early in the process, started a newsletter. So I'm consistently now for four years been sending out a Sunday morning newsletter to my list. So my list has grown uh, quite ex uh, quite large. Uh, well, in rel relative, I'm assuming, right? But, uh, you know, so I grew an email list. But when I published my book, what I decided to do was find individuals on LinkedIn with my level of influencer greater. And I would and I now I wouldn't go for the big gurus, the Gary Vanderchucks and those types of people. I would look for people who were, you know, expressive individuals and I would send them a copy of my book and not ask them to, to do anything. I would just send it to them. And as they would receive my book, they'd post a picture on LinkedIn and uh, post a picture on Twitter and and so on. And so it started to take off a little bit from there. Now, the only other thing I'll throw at you as you'll read in this article on Forbes is um, I sourced out chief executive officers, chief marketing officers, chief sales officers, and I would send copies of my book to those individuals. And I've, I got many uh, bulk orders. I had one organization buy 6,000 copies of my book as an example, um, and I should note for full price. So um, those are the types of things that I did uh, to grow my book sales. And, uh, you know, social selling is an interesting thought. I mean, it's uh, it's I would argue social selling is exactly what I just described. It's looking for individuals uh, on on social networks, kicking off engagements with them, kicking off relationships with them, uh, reciprocity, giving giving to them without expecting anything back. And uh, it, it typically comes back to you anyway, you know. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I've given so many books away. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> you should be receiving a copy of mine any day. So uh, that's yeah. a great example, right? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I'm going up to the States and I'll check it out. And um, I, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I did read through some of it on the, uh, e you know, on your yeah. when you send it over email so but i love holding a book i don't know how you feel about that but oh 100 percent. yeah and they're saying books are going out people aren't buying books anymore i don't believe it i see people with books all the time yeah so, i think more popular than ever yes i think they are too because it's so much easier to read than to try and read on your phone or something yeah. like that so i i understand that so tell me more about uh when you talk to these people on linkedin what did you say to them? How did you open it up? Uh, great question. I, I guess um, so. So one of the nice things about LinkedIn is that uh, if you're consistent, when you used that word earlier, consistency, I would love to uh, take that word and just own it myself. You know, that's uh, if I look at mm -hmm. the successes I'm having, <clears throat> it's a when I reflect on the elements of my brand, it's, uh, it's it's pure consistency. It's the Sunday morning newsletter. It's the uh, it's the Wednesday podcast and so on. And I see lots of elements of consistency in your brand as well. Uh, but LinkedIn. So what I do is I, I post on LinkedIn, whether it's an article once a week or a, uh, a status update, a video. I, I you know, So I, I'll post these things. And what happens is people start commenting. And I'll comment uh, back to everyone's comment. And typically that leads to a connection request either by me or by them. And I respond to all my connection requests and kind of point out what maybe we have in common and, and try to engage in a dialogue, a conversation, you know, very quick. And and I also open myself on link, open up myself on LinkedIn to having, you know, a, a 20 minute, 30 minute get to know each other type calls. And I'm, I'm I usually put now and I learned this from you a little bit uh, I, I will ask some questions as a as some, somewhat of a filter at the front end of that but mm -hmm. typically what happens is I get into relationships with these people and I'll I'll offer to send them a copy of my book so my book I 
I wrote my book as a narrative. It's a story. I said it. I said earlier that we think in pictures. So mm-hmm. sales. I had a. I had a picture on the screen of my mind that sales was something negative. I changed that picture uh, over a period of time. So I love books that are narratives because they change pictures. They change the, the images mm-hmm. that are on the screen of our minds. So I give my book out a lot to people because because it's a narrative. Uh, it it embeds at a subconscious level a positive image of Chris Spurvey on the screens of their mind. So I, then if I have a follow-up chat, uh, you know, they, they, they always talk about, uh, I had a guy reach out to me just yesterday that he said how him and his wife, his wife is blind and he read, uh, for about a week, uh, every night before going to bed, he read my book to his mm. wife and wow. uh, I put goosebumps on my neck, you know? And uh-huh. uh, so I, I just tell that story because, um, it's a great example, I think, of you know giving a copy of a book to somebody. It's a it's a it's a great way of building relationships. Yeah, and you know, I think it's a really good way. It, it instead of a business card, a book is much bigger on the table. I've noticed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And not only that, when you have a book, Chris, you start speaking all over, right? I mean, yeah. that that's the interesting thing. Um, is that that book really helps when it comes to sales as far as getting speaking opportunities that really count. I mean, I just had one that came in yesterday on a Sunday of all days asking me to speak on Friday to 100 people. And not only that, they wanted me to offer a new class I've never offered before. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if they think you can work miracles or what. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I uh, I tell you, it's amazing the opportunities that springboard from uh, a book to uh-huh. a speaking opportunity, and even you know uh, a free speaking opportunity. Like I'll I'll often be invited to go and do a lunch and learn, and if it's in my local town, I'll I'll go do it, and as long as it's within reason. And mm-hmm. I mean. I'm, I've got the the presentation pretty canned now, and so I go and I add my little bit of humor, and and uh, you know I, I can I can count I can't count on a uh, hundred hands, well maybe maybe not a hundred, at twenty hands, the opportunities that have kind of come that are paid opportunities from uh, that little pr- uh, you know that sales process of a book to a speak little speaking opportunity to an opportunity to go for coffee, which leads to a paid offer, you know. Right, right, exactly. And this is a free offer for me, too, and I have to drive four and a half hours. But my God. I know, yeah, I know what will come out of this. I'm sorry? Uh, 100 people listening to you is a great, that's a great multiplier uh, opportunity, right? I mean, uh, 100 uh-huh. people hear you, it resonates. Uh, you know, they tell even one other person. That's 200 people who know about you, right? Yes, yes. And they're all in my target market, which is the best thing. And that's something I wanted to talk to you about, Chris. You know, when you're working with your clients, do you focus on target markets or do your clients think they can sell to anybody? Yeah, uh, great, great question. I think for me, uh, I had to really identify my target market. And when I when I really started to identify my target market, I started to really notice, um, you know, my focus, my ability to relate uh, began to uh, go through the roof and therefore my close ratios went through the roof as well. Right. And so when I'm now working with my clients, um, uh, that's one of the first things we focus on is who is your target market? Now, sometimes depending on the evolution of um, where they're to in business or their brands, uh, you know, depending on what their focus is, whether it's a service or a uh, or a physical product, you know, it, the tendency is to go broad, uh, a little a little broad out of the gate, and and then you learn from and you pivot around what feels good and what uh, you know. So so if I can if I can just for a minute reflect on my journey four years ago when I wrote my book. Uh, I wrote it in, uh, you know, in my mind at the time was sales professionals because I was reflecting on my at that time on the journey that I had been on where for the last 10 years I was becoming a sales professional. I was 
learning to become really confident and effective in my own skin uh, as a sales professional. Then kind of fast forward after I published my book, uh, I started, uh, you know, I started to go down this entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurial uh, route. And as I started to go down it, I started to realize I am now equipping myself to serve more entrepreneurs, right? And so, um, so I find we're best equipped to serve people who were in, or are in our shoes about three or four years prior, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So the, to answer your question in a very roundabout way, and I apologize, is that you know we, we do want to focus on who we're best equipped to serve because our voice and and uh, you know everything we say will resonate that much more if we focus. Well, that's a great answer, actually. That was a really good answer because I want to go back to LinkedIn again now. Yeah. And I'm trying to give the listeners uh, a vision of the fact that once you get your target market, then you go into LinkedIn. And when you wrote your articles, did you put it posted in groups? Is that what you did? Well, I would know. Well, yes, but I would use the public. They have a, a publishing platform, as you probably know. You can publish articles, mm-hmm. and there, back in the earliest days, and I would uh, suggest there was a degree of luck on my part. Uh, I just happened to be on the platform at the at the earliest point when they opened up the publishing platform. They used to send notifications to every one of your contacts that you published an article, and therefore you started to get. I mean, I had a one article. I think got almost a million views, uh, and. I probably Mm -hmm. added, uh, I don't know, 3,000 people to my email list as a result of that. Uh, Mm -hmm. But now today it's a far more different thing. So you do need to do things like you're suggesting, post a link to your article in groups, uh, post it on your status update and so on. So, so yes. And, and, you know, there's certain groups, right? I mean, I'm a, I'm an active member of one group called Step Into the Spotlight, and it's a it's a group of consultants and coaches and those types of people. So I post a, a link to my article typically in that group as an example, right? Mm, okay, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I loved it when they. I was out. I was in it too when it was early on, and I loved how. Everybody got a text when I. Yes. <laughs> when yeah, I uh, <laughs> too bad to change that, but I think I think I understand why they changed it because I think we, as more people got on the publishing platform, the user users were being bombarded by notifications. Yeah, yeah, it worked well for a while. <laughs> yes, a great absolutely. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in response to what you were saying, so you publish it in the, your articles in this group. Uh, you know, they try to get us to do so many groups, but then there's too much going on and you can't stay focused on it. And yeah. then you don't build any rapport in any one group. That's what I'm finding. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. It's, uh, from my vantage uh, point, uh, being a part of two to five groups at a max <laughs> is typically, yeah. uh, you know, how I find my, my time is best served. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> okay, good. Two yeah. to five groups. So I hope everybody heard that. And uh, five is a lot for me. I can't handle five um, yeah. and keep up with it. So uh, if I can't keep up with it, I don't do it. It's just no, that exactly. simple. Yeah, because there's nothing worse than posting a, an article that you worked really hard to write and then you don't keep up with it. You don't respond to their comments and you've lost all of that momentum. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's yeah. an easy one to have. And you're right. And it's demoralizing. Uh, I, you know, I went through a phase in the earliest days when I would allow my day to be ruined when when people didn't comment and like my posts. And uh-huh. I I really had to step back and say, well, what, what's the reason I'm actually doing this? And uh, uh, it's not to gain uh, popularity. It's to impact one or two or five people's lives in some small way. And, uh, and so I started to come up with a saying. It's, uh, it's, one of my, it's one of my go-to sayings. It's let's focus on the energy of progress and less on the energy of numbers, uh, right? So, you know, go to bed every night and celebrate a few small wins and, and uh, you've had a successful day if you can do that versus, you know, because the big, in sales, the big wins, uh, they can, there can be some lag time as you were alluded to earlier. And, uh, you know, the, the big wins don't come every day. So if we can focus on some small wins every day, then uh, with the big wins will come. 
Right. And I know exactly what you mean. I've had some people who have come back to me two years later after I've already sat down with them and gone over everything with them and they do nothing. And then I just keep sending them whatever it is I'm sending out because I do these two minute videos every week. And uh, sure enough, he came back and said, hey, um, I'm ready. I was like, oh, my gosh, I think I threw all that away. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I love when that happens. Yeah, yeah, I do, too, because it really shows that you're making an impression out in the market, even though, you know, even you do a show, too. And I was just on your show. I loved it called The Next Great Guest or Your Next Great Guest. And uh You know, I I just, um, I love that we have that ability to reach out, but we never know who's out there listening. Yeah, (laughs) That's interesting. I started my my podcast uh, in line with my LinkedIn endeavors. You know, I I jumped on the, I just went all in on my personal brand. I just started to, I I got so much energy from the book writing process. And, uh, you know, the book writing process brought up all kinds of experiences and memories of my childhood right up through uh, all that made me who I was up to that point in time. And those those experiences are what formulated the ideas for articles and and podcast episodes. So I launched my It's Time to Sell podcast, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, basically around the same time I launched my book. And so I've been going pretty consistent. I think I'm over 100 shows now. And uh, I love talking to people like you and other entrepreneurs and extracting their stories of how they, how they became, um, you know, comfortable in their own skin uh, in the area of sales. And uh, uh, so I just love giving back to the community. I think it's uh, I think it's a lot of fun and, and it's a great way to give back. Mm-hmm. And it all comes with that. You know, it's yeah. just if we can give back that then so much more is received. And, you know, the universe just provides it just takes care of things. That yeah. Way. Yeah. And it doesn't uh, I forget now. uh uh, I'm trying to rec- recall the right wording, but effectively the universe can give, give will give you back. Uh, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to come in, come from the way you expect it, right? And never, uh, just, <laughs> never. Just and uh, you'll you'll find it coming back to you. And I I have a really important question I want to ask you, Chris. And a lot of my clients will ask me this, and I'm really anxious to hear how you answer, you know, how do you get out of a slump if you're, if you can't, if you just can't seem to make a sale and it goes on for a while, how do you get out of that? (laughs) That's an awesome question. I I wrote an article on how to break out of a, uh, how to break out of a sales slump. uh, And I wish I had the article in front of me because I could tell you the eight steps that I wrote down, but I go, I don't recall them all right now, but really you know, a, a slump is, um, uh, you know, you're caught up in, in, in an energy that uh, your prospects are feeling. And, uh, you know, the key is to kick out of that energy slump and it, it's, it can be heard, right? And so doing some small things, uh, you know, I, I, one of the things when I'm in a slump, I'll, I'll make sure that I'm in front of somebody as early in the day, in the day as possible. And what I mean by that, it doesn't necessarily had to be a prospect. I'll go to my my greatest customer and say, hey, do you want to meet for coffee tomorrow morning? And and by meeting that that greatest customer that loves what I do, uh, you know, my energy right from that point forward early in the day is 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 high, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, and then we, like I said, we, we think in pictures. So, you know, we, we go into the theater of the mind. I know uh, uh, one of the best books I ever read was uh, Maxwell Maltz book, uh, Max, Dr. Maxwell Maltz. He was a, uh, um, a plastic surgeon. And what he found back in the uh, back when he wrote the book was that even though he would fix the faces of individuals, the, the, the individuals wouldn't act any different, even though they, they got their nose fixed or their ears fixed. And so um, uh, the book is called Psycho-Cybernetics, uh, if anyone wants oh, to check. Oh, yeah, I know about that one. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, it's an amazing book. But basically, you know, he talks about the, the theater of the mind. And so go 
going in and relaxing in your in and sitting back and just reliving past successes on the screen of your mind uh, cre- helps create that better energy as well, right? And so, mm. and then I guess on top of that, uh, I'll note that you can do all of this visioning work and all this uh, meditation and relaxation and, and that stuff, uh, and it's all very important stuff, but at the end of the day, sales is still a numbers game, right? I mean, we we need to let go of the nose and, and not let them uh, emotionally affect us and just move on, right? And, and be mm. have the next, you know? And, uh, yes. You know, so that's another aspect of it as well. So the more the more you do all of that, you know, the more you'll get closer to a sale, and and all of a sudden you'll wake up one morning, and and that uh, that sale will be on your doorstep, and you'll you'll wonder where, where it was and why it was such a, a long time coming. But then you'll find the, another sale happens the next day, and then the next day, and and so it's just a matter of staying focused and consistent. Absolutely, and I see that here in Baja where uh, the Mexican people are consistently told no, but they just keep moving on. Yeah. And with that thought in mind, (laughs) we're going to take a short break. And when we get back, we're going to ask Chris what we can do today as a takeaway to make our sales better. See you in a minute. Attention, professional authors, coaches, and small business owners. What if you could increase your sales authentically without scripts or the pain of rejection? If you are a realtor, you can make more sales without the fear of being salesy. If you are an entrepreneur, you can eliminate the fear of feeling pushy, get more referrals, and add more money to your bank account with less effort. Welcome to Compel Don't Sell, the art of selling with heart, the next generation in relationship sales brought to you by Maximize Your Wealth Now. The reason that I took this course is because I needed to know how to market and sell in a way that doesn't make me feel bad. Compel Don't Sell totally comes from the heart and connects with people in a way that fits my style and how I would like to approach people. And it gave me the benefit of refining what I think and say about my business in a way that's professional, but still very warm and nurturing. I invested in Sherlene's uh, Compelled to Sell sales training program. And I just knew immediately that she was the person that I wanted to work with. The reason I took this course was because I felt like there were a lot of new things that Sherlene had to offer that I had not experienced before. That's why I took the class because I wanted to sort of up-level my sales skills. And thank you, Sherlene, for this amazing class. If you want to learn how to perfect your sales performance, build your bank account, and connect with more of your favorite clients, enter your contact information, and we'll show you how to use heartfelt sales to connect with more of the right prospects and significantly increase your income. Go to MaximizeYourWealthNow.com. 